Today, on the Rundown South Podcast, I bring on a personal friend of mine to help me run down some topics that I didn't want to talk to myself about. Uh, y'all know him if you follow me from a while. Uh, it's my homie Jazz. Uh, we talk a little bit about his adjustment from Atlanta to D.C. Uh, LeBron missing the playoffs. Gronk retiring. Shout out to him. Cody Black versus Michael Rappaport. A Jesse Smollett update. The Cardi B lost tapes and the college admission scandal. So yeah, this one's a little bit long, but I felt like since it's been a long time since I did a pod, you might as well. Let's do it. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go there. Let's get back to talking about you in DC. Um, yeah, yeah. So DC is a um, it's a nice medium between the South and the North. Okay. And um, I remember my first month of here. I learned a lot of things quickly. Uh, give me those. Let's 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 talk about those real quick before we get all the way into the podcast. Yeah. The, what the first thing with DC is. When they say no parking, they mean no parking. It's not, oh, let me park here and run upstairs and grab something real quick, which I did my first week in D.C. And I came back and kindly, I didn't even see my car getting towed. It was already gone. Really? Yeah, I already, uh, I ran upstairs, came right back down, and it was gone. I was like, man, whoever that guy working that lot is good. (laughs) So, um, but that's a big thing with D.C. I, um... Living up here makes me feel like law enforcement is so relaxed in Atlanta. You know, like uh, it's a lot of um, traffic cameras. Like, so if you're speeding, you'll see a a flash and then you're going to get something in the mail in about a month or two. Um, But so not just for not just for running lights for speeding. Yeah. 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 They they have radar. And um, but it's in certain parts of the city. So it's not like. Okay. Every corner, every street corner, and a lot of times it's gonna be um, advertised. But it's def- for me that you know it's definitely a culture shock coming from Atlanta. Um, my biggest surprise living in DC is really in the DMV area is the day parties. <laughs> um, co- coming from Atlanta, you know we we we're night owls. This is true. The- Everything. Yeah tends to happen more at night you know there's a there's on occasion around the memorial day holidays you'll have more day parties in the summer but for the most part when you come to atlanta you know catch you a nap in the middle of the day and get ready to turn up right so dc while the nightlife here is is just as fun in atlanta and which is surprising to me just to be able to say oh it's just as fun as atlanta um, but it's brunch culture. So typically on the weekend, okay. I can see Saturday, that. Yeah. So typically on a weekend, Saturday or Sunday, 
you you you're meeting up with with your friends about one two o'clock for brunch, and typically brunch is gonna be bottomless mimosas. Uh, for, for actually, for my last birthday, we went to a spot to where it was bottomless mimosas, bloody marys, and um, like whiskey and rum, uh, like mid shelf. Damn. Uh, or not? It, it wasn't. It wasn't the top shelf, but it wasn't whale whales either. So um, okay, that's that's so a good yeah. look. So so you're doing that. You usually brunch from about maybe one to four, two to five, and then you go to a day party. So that 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 was a big shock because I thought that I was having fun in Atlanta, and I came up here and I saw like the scene was even more like just elevated. And the third thing I always point to up here is the dating. Dating is drastically different. And and for me, I would say for the best, for good. And it's not like taking a shot at Atlanta. I think like women in Atlanta, from a male's perspective, they're like, it's a priority on their list. Like it's something that they want to do. And when I was in Atlanta, I had a really, I had a lot of fun dating experiences. Up here, it's a little different because everyone is focused on careers. Mm. And everybody you meet is career oriented. So, like, what I found is that you really have to run, run through a wall to really like stand out. And, and this is just me. Mm. I'm working with with my game, my looks, like everything that I got going on. This is my personal experience. Right. Um, I can speak for you know. I can't speak for how other people are moving, but for me, it, you have to really put in a lot of. Um, effort to get anyone's attention. And I hear women saying that as well. Um, so the dating scene is a little, um, I would say worse, because everyone, you know, the cost of living up here is tremendous. So everyone really is trying to like be into their careers. And, you know, with dating, a lot of times there's a lot of bullshit that comes with that. So people kind of just want to move at their own pace. So okay. It be a little harder to, to uh, find love up here. That's that's very interesting but it doesn't surprise me because when i'm going through it in my head i think about what you come to atlanta for and what you go to dc for (laughs) If if you go to atlanta you might be trying to become an entertainer uh you know of any kind i was like i i was thinking of a few different entertainers but you could be, you know, whether it's music, acting, uh, dancing, like you can be whatever. You may try to make your dreams come true. You come to Atlanta just like you would go to New York. But when you go to D.C., you going up there because you want to get in something serious, whether it's Correct. political or corporate you know something in in law medical because everything is centralized you know world gateway type stuff right there in dc it's the one um it's the one area um in the northeast with uh, i don't want to say yeah stable economy granted most people are going to point to the fact that the government's here for like jobs and stable economy but um we're not losing as many people. If you look at um, the Northeast, like New York, New Jersey, people are migrating to like the West Coast or uh, more, more um, importantly, the South. So um, DC is a happy medium. Oh, another thing I would want to say is weed culture. You've known me. You've known me since I was what maybe a teenager. You know, I was always don't pass me the weed. 
Right. So weed is legal. Yeah, weed is legal in DC. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of it. It's not. <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's not to the point to where it's like California or, or Colorado, and you can't sell it. But it's some cool things that they do. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite things. Just uh, when I started smoking weed, it really saved my life. But that's a story for another day. Okay. But um, the cool thing that. about DC is um. What they do is it's like now they have these because it's not legal to sell marijuana. But what people do is uh, since you can grow it, they have these uh, smoke easies. Mm. Uh, if anybody's familiar with um, speakeasies from my favorite era, era in the uh, 1920s. Side note, it's always weird when I tell people my favorite era is in the 1920s because I would never want to live in the 1920s as a black man. Of course. But I, there was a lot of stuff going on in that era. With, with fashion and like with women really starting to come out and be what we see women to be today and like all the underground stuff. So the stories from that era is just, is just amazing. But anyway, um, playing off of the speakeasy term is smoke easy. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, so I'm new I, to I, this. I like, I remember <laughs> that like somebody saying that weed is legal in DC, but it never yeah, really it occurred to me that, oh, shit, weed is legal yeah, in yeah, D.C. Yeah, it, it's, it's illegal. So you can grow up to a certain amount. Again, I'm not an expert on the topic. But if you want to know, if any of your listeners want to know more about it, it's, um, it's Initiative 71. If you put that in Instagram, uh, tag come up, you'll get a lot of information about the ins and the outs of it. Um, but to simplify it, to be honest, it's not Colorado or L.A., um, to my knowledge, you can grow up uh, to a certain amount. You can't sell it, but you can grow it, and it's okay if you're smoking. Like, if you're caught with, with weed, it's not, like, a misdemeanor, or you're not going to have to worry about jail time or anything like that. But, um, that's, but yeah. That's so, weird, though. Like, so it's like it's decriminalized, but it doesn't have a market. Oh, it has a Well, Well, you can't sell it. You can grow that's what I'm saying. Like, if you can't sell it, like, they're basically saying that you can have it, but we don't, we're not looking for it and we're not supporting this in the yeah. economy type thing. It's, it's, yeah, that's you a can little, get a medical license and stuff. I mean, you can get, you can get, that's real dicey. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm glad that they still, they making it happen though, man. So, yeah. Shout out to, to the smoke easies out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 and, and the experience is just, is you know, you have to have an um, invite from Instagram. Um, you may pay your little $5 to get in, and then you walk in, and it's just vendors everywhere. Mm. So I, I haven't smoked since I uh, started grad school, but definitely once I'm done with, with school, <laughs> I'm getting back to, <laughs> I'm getting back to the... Um, to the to the high times, no doubt, man. But I'm, I'm it, it, it's a, yeah, it's a good thing, and, I, and hopefully we can get to legalization soon. Because for me, it's it's a it, the thing that intrigues me the most about it is being able to pick how I'm gonna feel and having a safe venue to buy my product from. Mm. You know, so See, that's 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 a new perspective. Like before, it was just like you can get what you can get. Now it's more like you can pick exactly what you need, and it's exactly. more tailored to an experience. You know that's. I'll be on look. I'll be on leafly dot dot com. Like yo, how this gonna make me feel? 
So, so yeah, and, and like so I said, it's been a relatively short time in my life that I've smoked weed, but I've smoked so many different types of strains. And I still don't even know how to roll. That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the weed out here in D.C. is really good. Um, I can compare it to California because I've, I've smoked, I've had some really amazing weed in California, and I've smoked in Atlanta as well. Um, but it... it it's just different. Like in the way we works, I think it's different, but I'm not qualified to talk about weed. <laughs> you, you know our, what? I'm, I might have to do like a weed show because there's a couple like weed podcasts out there. Um, and I think I might reach out to them and we, I might do like a whole, you know, coast to coast type weed episode that, you know. Yeah. Walgreens so, is uh, going to start selling CBD oil on some of their stores. Not, not here, but it's like six states. It's happening. It's coming, man. Y'all just get ready. It's yeah, it's happening. All right, man. So now that we caught up and let everybody listen to that, let's actually jump into the podcast. Let's run down a few of these topics. Uh, where you want to start off? We got LeBron missing the playoffs. Uh, I want to touch on Gronk retiring. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can start with uh, Brian and and leading to Gronk. Okay, so of course by now the Lakers did not make the playoffs. LeBron has taken a DMP in the last game, which he if he could have just did that Sunday, I'd be one step closer to two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm a little upset <laughs> that he waited, uh, but nonetheless they did not make the playoffs, and it's looked like a a complete failure. Now, I've heard a few different things. Um, my man Collard saying that LeBron's not focused. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, LeBron kind of knew what he was getting into. Or then there's also the side that the Lakers didn't handle the Anthony Davis situation and the team is not where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. All these things crumbling I don't even want to say crumbling that that feels hot takeish but all these things can fight it to I guess like you know set the table for LeBron to take a, seat, a back seat to what now looks to what people are trying to go ahead and push forward the narrative for the playoffs which is is KD the best player because the LeBron story is <clears throat> is gone and that was a layup you know how many uh, writers are going to be looking for other stories because LeBron isn't available. You know, that's right. why. And I, I see it already bubbling. So, I don't know. Where do you sit on it? Do you feel that all these things really can, you know, configure to take LeBron down? Or is it, you know, something else? Well... With LeBron being a, an athletic competitor, he's not always going to be able to perform at the level um, that we're accustomed to. But we got to remember, just a year ago, LeBron had one of the greatest playoff runs we've seen in history, albeit in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm going to be the I mean, conference. I mean, I'm going to be the first person to point out that it was a weak conference. Um, but LeBron was on a weak team. And, uh, he, yeah. you know, he had a really good run. I think he had, like, maybe three game winners in one run. 
Um, that was his so, first um, non-Kyrie year back in Cleveland. It was rough. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, I think there's one person in this story, perhaps two, I can make an argument for two, that is really, it seems to be getting by uh, without any criticism at all. And I'm going to point the um, finger to Magic Johnson. Okay. Um, you know, because a, a little bit of what you said about LeBron, like everything that you said, you listed, is true. Maybe he's not focused. Maybe, you know, he has other things going on. He's aging. All that is true. But Magic Johnson traded away so much ta- talent. Um, Julius Randle, where is he right now? He was a free agent. They chose not to re-sign him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't trade him away. D'Angelo Russell. And I, and I know it sounds like I know it sounds easy to say that to make that comparison when you see D'Lo balling the way he balls, but you could have looked at him in college and seen that. And so you say, "Oh, we don't need him in, in our locker room." If I have to choose between D'Angelo Russell or Nick Young, if they can't coexist in the in the locker room together, Nick Young gotta you know, go. You gotta go. You got to I, get I, your back. You you have to go now. The argument is, it's like, okay, if you don't do the Moscow and the Thilo oh, trade, that, that, was, that was really bad. You know, th- then you don't get Kuzma. But the way, I, yeah. the way I see it is, this is Magic's, what, second year? Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand between those moves, the moves he made in the offseason after acquiring LeBron, and then the moves he made at the trade deadline this year. And then, you know, in the way it was handled, I, you know, to me, Magic Johnson should be on the hot seat. Now, obviously, if they don't get any free agents this year, this summer, um, then, you know, I think he'll start to You think the Lakers up. will put Magic on the hot seat like that so soon? I, I wouldn't. I don't expect the Lakers to do it. I expect the media to do it. Okay. That's, that's, because you got to look at what they did to Phil in New York. You know, Phil, Phil had a plan in New York, and you know how Phil is. I'm not about to tell you every move that I'm going to make. Right. But, but, but this is different. This is like, this is Magic and Palenka. You know, they're, this is a two headed monster. What, since when have you seen um, LeBron with a bunch of uh, ball uh, dominant players on the squad? I mean, it really doesn't happen too much. Yeah, he usually does have a lot of shooters. You're right. It's the team is not constructed the way you need to be su- successful with LeBron. Yeah, you're you're correct in this. Before we get to Katie and eventually Grant, I want to point out um, two things with LeBron. I'm gonna do some criticism and then I'm gonna give him a little excuse. My criticism of LeBron has been with his leadership. Okay. Um, and this is a this is a problem with a lot of athletes um, in sports. Is you know leadership. The first thing in leadership is accountability. You know you can't point the fingers at the teammates and go to the media on your teammates, especially when you're playing with younger teammates, and get them to perform. People will run through the wall for the leader that they respect. People will show up and do what they have to do for the leader that they're scared of. But, you you know, those shots start falling when we respect you. And we want – because we don't want to fail. Like, we want to do our best because we don't want to let you down. Because you're right. a leader. I respect you. So I'm, 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 I'm taking away points in leadership. And I think anybody, any leader 
can talk about leadership no matter what you do in life. You know, you know leadership when you see it. But then at the same time, you know, the, the team was playing really well before he went down with injury. And we and we got to understand, like, LeBron isn't even used to coming back from injury. He's never really had one. And most players take, you know, it takes a little while to get to, to get back, you know, right. to your normal game. And unfortunately, your, your rhythm and your flow. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're in the West now and it was already tight. So um, is KD the best player? Um, KD should be the best player. KD is, is one of my favorite basketball players, but he's one of the weirdest basketball players I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Do you, you mean like off the court? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the court. Um, because we, and by we, I'm, I'm talking about us like late 80s, early 90 kids. Mm-hmm. We expect Michael Jordan slash Kobe. And, and, and if Durant had, I always say like if Durant had Russell Westbrook's heart, he would be like the best player to ever even like fucking sneeze on a basketball court. You, there's something um, to that. You, yeah, because his game, his skill set, like everything that he can do in basketball. Um, you know, he's like not. He's gonna, unstoppable. When yeah. You really look but, at. It. Yeah, but like it's offensively just like, anyway. Yeah, but he strikes me as the I'm gonna take my ball and go home type of guy sometimes, and and I don't know how marketable that is, because I don't think that you like. You could beat like Tim Duncan was really like the best power forward for so long, but we were looking at Shaq, we were looking at KG. Tim Duncan was the best. So I mean, you could be the best, but are you gonna get everything that comes with it? And we got to see what KD does in the offseason. I don't think that he can really own that when you have um, Giannis playing the way he's playing, and you have James Harden doing what uh, he's doing in Houston. I would say it's hard to say that. Would I take KD before those guys? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I see him being marketed as the best player? I just I don't see how that works given the team he's on and his personality. So I would say as of now, the, the best player in the NBA is going to go, and I can't believe I'm saying this, to, to James Harden. Mm. Okay. So if, if we're saying LeBron isn't gonna be, you know, I'm about to say like, because what what I'm seeing is, and I should have said this better on the front end, but basically going into the playoffs, the storyline is going to be KD is the best player in the playoffs, and it's going to be basically up to James Harden or Giannis or whoever from the East to take KD yeah. down as a number one. Yeah, and the problem, and, and make no mistake about it, you know, and and I know I'm sounding like I'm talking on, you know, two sides out of my ass, but KD definitely is the best player. But the thing is, is will you be the best player? You know, can you carry that? Because being the best player isn't all about skill set. Like when you're the best player, half of your job is done before you even get on the court. Yeah, mentally. Right, you know what I'm saying, like, like just that that and, intimidation and, and, factor, and like when you step on the right. court, it's like, yo, KD is on the court, and that's what you. He's see. coming, like, yeah. I, I don't get that from K. Uh, I think KD is gonna get his game, and he's gonna beat you at his game nine times out of ten. But yeah. I, I'm thinking about everything else that comes with being the face of the league, like what I mean, because 
with these cats, Kyrie and Katie are complaining about in the media, like LeBron has got times. LeBron got criticized for making a decision to go to Miami and donating the children. Right. So, I mean, it, it hurts me to say that because I can almost say outside of his personality, because I don't know if Katie would be somebody that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've seen him in, in Vegas, but I've never met him. But um, I, I, he's just weird. And, like, every time, like, he has an outburst, like, I'm like, no. It, it's kind of like Katie's, like, my, my brother. And I'm like, no, like, Katie, don't say that. Like, that's not what you are. But he's just a weird but, player. It, I mean, Katie's he's the type of guy who's like, man, I just want to hoop. Just let me hoop. Like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to do no, no nothing. Just let me hoop and go home. Like, that's it. And, and cash my check and make my money on the side. Right. It, it's a lot of that going on, and that'll be a conversation we can have for another day. Is like just the pillaging of the community, especially the black community. People want to make money off of us, and they don't. They want people want to be the celebrities of old. They want to be the '90s celebrities. They want to be the '80s celebrities, but they don't want everything that comes with it. The kind of feeling that comes with it. Yeah. You know? About Grunt. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to that real quick. Grunt gonna be a star. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Grunt was something special, and I and I really need to just take two minutes out just to shout out what he brought, you know, to the culture of the NFL because it's like we was already there. You know, we already we was already having fun, as you can, you know. You name the receiver, they had a touchdown celebration. But right. for whatever reason, all the fun had got sucked out. And it seemed like Gronk just put some pressure on the NFL to bring some fun back because nobody could do anything about it and nobody said anything. So it was like, what are you waiting on? Like, just let us have it. Uh -oh. That's my bad. That's my phone going off. I'm supposed to be quiet. But, uh, you know, I and I love this that conversation that Levitar likes to have about Gronk, which is what if he was black? Would he get the same stuff? Uh, would he be, uh, you know, getting the same endorsements, the same treatment? And I think it's a it's a oh, funny no, exercise, no. just you know, just in thought, because Gronk did some ridiculous things. Uh, you know, from the, the early on poor star dating to, you know, the whole party boat, you know, we, I don't know. I don't think we any brother could have got away with that in the NFL. Well, not, not like that. I, I, you know, I don't want to get upset. I don't want to upset anybody. Um, well, one thing about me. Do I want to say this on air? No, I'm going to keep it 100. Um, just real because, quick. Go ahead. Because I just wanted to just, just put that out there. Like, that's just some things I appreciate about Grant. Go ahead, though. Get your bars yeah. off. And exactly. first off, it doesn't, it, it doesn't always have to be a comparison, right? Okay. You know, a lot of times we can we, we compare and we can trash if it's this or if it's that. I, I, I think um, 
Gronk, Gronk was Gronk, you know, and he was able to be Gronk in New England, and that says a lot, you know that that tells you that when it was time to work, it was time to work. When it was upset, he, you know, he knew how to be upset. You know, he had a there was a time where it was like, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about this stuff. Like he he was Gronk, um, and. I think that whether you're black, white, Latin, Arab, or anything, you can learn a lot about that because uh, a lot from that. Because what I found, what I find is like a lot of times, our black athletes, they don't really understand how to communicate, you know, and because it's ultimately it's looked upon as, oh, you know, you're placating or you're doing this or you know you're not being real. But you got to be able to manipulate your environment and be professional about it, you know? True. So, so you know, could you do this or could you do that and get away with it? You know, I would just say, you know, be authentic, but understand that you have to be a leader. Like, Gronk was the best blocker on the team, you know? Um, you know, he well, the best blocking tight end. You know, it wasn't always – Catching passes and being glamorous, like he did. Right, he put he put the work in. Yeah, and, and 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 you know we compare, but we have to think about that a lot of times. You know, when we say, "Oh, it would have been a black athlete," you know, we we need to start doing this holding our black athletes more accountable when they're getting in trouble. You know, and start pointing out like your Cam, who says dumb stuff all the time, but. You know, Cam ain't getting in trouble off off the field. So when you have a situation on the left going on, it's like you making it harder for Cam. So we need to really start paying attention to that because there's too much domestic violence coming out in the NFL. You know, and a lot of the times is is us. You know. Yeah. So. Well, we you know that's that's like that's kind of by the numbers. Um, Right. And it's another thing is just. You know, people care about the NFL a lot more. So it's a lot of, you know, you got things going on in other sports, but it's not as scrutinized because, you know, these people aren't cared about or as notable as NFL players. I'll try and keep it short. I know I can be long-winded. Okay. So, we're going to put up two stories next to each other. And they might not seem connected at first, but once we digest what happened, you'll see why they're related. So, we have Mm -hmm. Jesse Smollett um, back and forth with the Chicago Police Department and the Cook County prosecutors uh, seeming to have almost a war of words you know you say i'm sorry no you say i'm sorry whatever there's now they're at the point that they want jesse to come up on 130,000. you know it now it's getting it's getting a little serious you know even trump had to throw two cents in on this um and the other story kodak black saying ridiculous things and we're just going to use Michael Rappaport as 
the avatar for this conversation because he's the one that's been going back and forth for him most recently. But basically, what? How do you see both of those stories connecting, and then we'll go into each one individually? Yeah. Well. Well. With the Jesse, um, I can't even pronounce his last name. Smollett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smollett. It, it's it, to me that is just a example of what is going on in today's world with social media. Um, you have all these movements, and everyone's sensitive about everything, and and a lot of the things we should be. I'm not criticizing that, but when you weaponize those things, you know, in an effort to gain some type of, uh, what's the term I want to use? Advantage in life? Or like, not even advantage, but yeah, let's keep it real. Jesse want to have a music career. Right. And, now, did yeah. you listen to the last pot that I did a couple weeks back? I, I'm, I'm not sure. What was it about? I, I talked about this and the when I heard he was trying to be the gay Tupac, that gave me everything that I needed to know about the situation, which was you was trying to be a symbol for, you know, the black gay man, or, you know, you wanted to be that guy. You wanted to be D1. You didn't want to just, you know, get your lane and just stay in it. You wanted to be the number one. And, and, and it makes me wonder, like, okay, well, when is it going to be about the music? Right. Because I haven't heard any songs. Correct. So, you know, when 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 you want to be those things, get in the lab. It takes hard work. It, it takes failing. It takes doing it the hard way, but... You know, it's a major, and, and I'm not one to pile on, but it's a major disservice when you have a platform and you really weapon, you weaponize um, hate and people's sensitivities. So I heard them talking about uh, gay privilege. <laughs> and I thought that was a funny word. Um, I'm not going to go into gay privilege or anything like that, but I will say that it, it, it really just shows where we are today. Like people are really trying to do whatever it is they can to get fame, love, and, you know, admiration. Yes. But unfortunately, they're not really, you're not really giving that to people, you, you know? And then that leads into Kodak from the standpoint of you just saying shit for attention. You know right. the terms Biggie and Tupac. Yeah. You you going against the grain because we we love Biggie and we love Tupac for for whatever reasons for two different reasons if you mean. Uh, and then you you know you come out and you just disrespect two of the most known pioneers. I think he threw knives in there. He did throw knives in there. Um, I, I was like, uh, um, you need you need and, to watch yourself. Yeah, one thing I will say is. I love Michael Rappaport. Uh, he's just real. Uh, I, I'm definitely a fan. He, he has this good show on Netflix called Atypical. If y'all haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, you you, you kind of want you, – you want your hip-hop guys to come out and really 
not even come out publicly, but like, you know, you would hope that like the OGs in the game is hitting his phone because Kodak is talented. And I'm not really one that feels like rap is about lyrics. Like music is about sound. And anytime you can manipulate sound to trans, to bring, you know, the public into a trance and create just music that make people feel good, want to dance, you know, want to move. I, I don't care what you're doing on the mic on the other side of you're creating the sound. So, so the lyrics isn't important to me, but even with that, you know, he, he says what he has to say. So he's a talented rapper. I wouldn't take anything from him, but um, you don't yeah. have to say those things, especially with the type of music. Like Kodak doesn't have to do that. You know, <sighs> I'm like I might have to disagree. I mean, with him, with you like halfway. Like I, I get where you're coming from because yeah. you you are from the south, and we right. we tend to forgive more for <laughs> less lyrics and more for style. And well, I'm gonna call it right now jamability. Uh, right. If you are able to bring a certain level of jamability to the situation. Then we gonna rock with you, um, and Kodak does have some of that. The thing about it is, <clears throat> it's like if you were used to just getting a little bit of range when it comes to your music, then when you hear stuff like Kodak, mm -hmm. you can kind of get bogged down because it's it's hard to just listen through like a whole project from somebody like Kodak Black, at least for me. Uh, maybe right. so if you were a little bit younger, you might be able to stomach some of that. But after about four songs, I'm like, okay, I've had enough. You know, <laughs> you know, give me like the highlights, the features, you know, where's the producers I like, let me hear those beats, and then I'm out. You know, it's, it's a bit much. Um, but yeah, man, it's the thing about Kodak is, like you said, he's trying to gained some attention and he used the keywords you know everybody knows you hit those soft spots and we're going to the all the old heads are going to jump up and, and come holler at you but especially when you're kodak right the the thing that i i feel that is coming from this situation is there are rappers that don't really respect anything that came before them they feel like they are what's now in anything that happened before doesn't matter you know they because he even dissed Lil Wayne on the track you know they, you can't be doing that bro like you got your whole style from Lil Wayne yeah you know style. <laughs> like what what are you doing so it's it's hard for me to respect anything that you do if you don't respect like even what you came from directly you know right <clears throat> So I I have a problem with that. That's why I'm like what Michael Rapport said, you know, it didn't bother me one bit because for one, I mean he I give him kudos because he did do the tribe documentary. And the fact that he wasn't like factually wrong, or is he was he really that wrong about Meek Mill? Or is he just voicing some things you probably already said yourself and you just felt some type of way because it was Michael Rapport? Like, come on. Right. I, I definitely like the new meat mill. I didn't like the um the jumping safari meat mill. Yeah, like the, the new the champions, like I'm 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 fooling with that. That's a nice album. But yeah. the, a few of them joints, man, 
you know, it seemed that he was a little too anxious. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, I mean, um, Meek's grown a lot. He has. And um, j- j- just like personally for me, I, d- I didn't really appreciate like all the stuff he did with Twitter and with Drake. It's like, why, you know, why are you tweeting? Yeah. You know, like, you know, you take it to the internet with your feelings. And to me, that's just not a rep, that's not representative of my idea of, of like what goes on in Philly. Oh, you know course. what I'm saying? That, that... And, 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 and don't get me wrong, like, I believe me. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to uh, question his, you know, his background and what he stands for. Like, I, I would never do that. But what I'm saying is just like even Meek is a victim to some was a victim to some, you know, to a certain point of, you know, getting on Twitter and just really being caught up in that. And I'm pretty sure Meek, Meek was dealing with a lot at the time. Like you dating Nikki. So like now you're taking on like a whole that that's a lot of pressure in itself or whatever. That's a lot of press. Like you Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of press. And then now you gotta, you know, you gotta release an album or whatever. Like, you know, so you're under stress. Or whatever, and I get it, but ultimately, I feel like no one could have come back from everything Meek did. Um, I don't want to say no one, but it's just good to see him come back. And like now, I'm looking at the way he moved and like the things he's doing. I'm like, okay, that's the dude I remember that was on the intro. <laughs> right, <laughs> you it's, know it's a little so, bit more. But- so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not one. If you know anything about me, I'm just not one for all the the celebrity back and forth on the internet and stuff. It's yeah, because like, it's a, it's an endless amount of it, and you know, I'm one of the people that will. I will wait for all the facts to shake out before I say anything. Right. What's that? Cardi B. Oh yeah, yeah, man. And I love Cardi. You know, let's let's just say that first and foremost. Uh, right. I'm been a full on Cardi supporter. She's done nothing but be real. Like she's put it all out there. Like she ain't hiding nothing. There's nothing you can say about Cardi that she will not come out and say about herself. Like, right. I right. really respect that about her. It'll be interesting to see how much longer um, she keeps that type of uh, persona. I mean, I, I think it's it's a part of the the whole Cardi experience is that you're getting the full Cardi. You know, it's <clears throat> I guess it's like it's almost counter programming to Beyonce. It's like everybody loves Beyonce, but we don't really get the full Beyonce unless it's through. Uh, you know a is a a package not, Beyonce release. You know with Cardi, it's we right there with her every day through her struggle. Yeah, Beyonce didn't have any Instagram followers. Like you're not interested in nothing. No, like hashtags or nothing. It to me, it just comes across as 
that type of stuff, it just comes across as, you know, I'm really just here to, like, sell to you. You know, because of, of, of I'm going, like, what are you going to a Beyonce page for? And, and this may be my experience, and I know I'm getting off topic, but w what are you going to, like, a page for? You're you you you're not going there to be sold. You're going there because you want to be a little closer to the artist. You know, so. I You have a point. Um, and for Beyonce, I guess she, she respects that you know, they, they want to have some type of privacy. They don't want to overshare. It is what it is. And I, they're almost the, some of the last, uh, old style celebrities, you know, where you don't really get everything. So, yeah. I, and, and I don't want to, yeah, I didn't mean to go off on, um, but that I, I'm about to say, yeah. but I was just going to leave it there. They're dirty. They're 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 a different animal, but yes, going back to Cardi. So, um, if you didn't know, this week, last week, whenever you was listening to this, Cardi had a whole bunch of lost tapes come out where she was saying some things, um, and I don't know if it was coincidence, but it came out right after it got announced that she was going to be in the movie uh, about the about the strippers in Vegas. Was it in Vegas? I can't remember now. But anyway, so she's going to be set to be in a movie and these tapes come out. One where she says she used to drug men and rob them. And then there's another one where she says she was with a dude that cheated on her. She set him up on a threesome and had a trainee, you know, give him some as revenge. So, my thing is, is somebody trying to sabotage Cardi or is this just more things we're going to keep finding out about Cardi? Well, someone is definitely trying to sabotage it. Okay. But they put the tapes out, right? Um, but this goes, it, it's kind of crazy because this is connected with the other two topics. You know, we got Jesse wanting attention. We got Kodak wanting attention. And then when Cardi, and I'm not going to disrespect her grind, but this is the problem with the internet grind, is, you know, you say outlandish stuff, you share outlandish stuff. I mean, it's online. Like, this wasn't anything that was a secret. She said this on the internet the first time but, around. But if you remember Cardi B back when she was posting her interviews, that was one thing. Cardi B now is another thing. I heard somebody say... um, I heard somebody say Rick Ross has never been as big as Cardi B is. What? That's crazy to me. Yeah. This was uh, a respectable. I this mean, came from a respectable. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, and the girl, she, she, she's on a, um, on a Maroon 5 song. You know, there, there might be something to that. So. I'm, right. And, um, and so. Damn, that's crazy to think about, though, when you put it like that. It is crazy because in my mind, I'm like... No way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Ross was the king. Yeah, I, uh, I put Teflon Don on in the gym the other day, and I almost jumped out of that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, he, he barred that record up. But, um, yeah, so 
you're in a climate right now to where people are gonna like listen to that. So it's the perfect storm, you know. Like she, you know, you would you would think Cardi has grown since since that or whatever, but obviously she doesn't have to do those things anymore. But I'm just saying, like, these are the things that make me wonder, you know, how how true to her brand she'll continue to be as far as, like, being open and, like, more so keeping it real when you have to deal with the public stress. And then um, the other note is, it's like, we don't want to promote that behavior on any level. So it's, it's good to um, hold kind of Cardi be accountable, and I think when I was looking at the situation, I kept seeing a lot of R. Kelly comparisons, comparisons, and um, I, I guess that's what like we as a people, like black people, like we like to compare, and and I get it, but I think it's two different situations. It's, and it's a lot different, man. Like, yeah, it, I, you you can't. I'm like, it, 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 it's two different situations. Um, when you look at the details of it. But no, neither one is worse than the other. Like no, both, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's both unacceptable. And maybe like you know, if you have a hard time imagining what Cardi B has done is bad, um, ladies, what if it was your son? You know, fellas, is would you want your daughter caught up in a lifestyle like that? So this is whatever correct. was going on, and yeah, whatever was going on in Cardi B's past, and I'm talking about the drugging and stuff. Uh, yeah. The boyfriend and the sex with the transvestite that that's over my head um but with the dragging and stuff i we, we just don't want to be involved uh, yeah it's like that. it's that and that's a, that's a little dicey um because of course you know if you're a grown man if you've been to the strip club you can definitely tell there's some guys who are a little bit more thirstier than others uh especially behind sex and it's easy to say you can you know when you act a certain way you got you should be more careful right uh, but that still doesn't make it right for you to be drunk and taking advantage of in that situation um, correct <clears throat> but yeah just but i mean that's but that's real talk like that, that's almost like a disclaimer, though. It's like, bro, you need to just watch yourself when you're trying to get into some of these escapades. And, and um, I was thinking about that when um, I was listening to Lil Wayne's Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm like, you know what? Like, we be quick to get in, like, the most vulnerable situations. Yes. You know, and it really... um. It really makes you start to think, like, when we were younger, like, we were really out here taking chances, you know? So, it, it, it it's definitely um, a thought. But on, a, on another note is, that's a snapshot of what's going on. Yeah. You know, like, and, um, what, the, like, what's out here in the streets? Because you go to Atlanta, like we were talking about before, it's a, it's a cycle. It's different people on a any different different day so it's like you got people coming in from out of town you know for whatever event that's going on and right. they're going the next weekend and then it's a whole new slew of people that's coming in for the next event so right there's there's an infinite supply of you know victims trouble. you know yeah. trouble like to come that way so yeah man it's 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 it can get dicey out here 
Yeah, it it it, it really can, and um, but a lot of this, a lot of what we're seeing, I think, is it's symptoms of the sex culture that we have in the U.S. You know, if and if you think about it, the U.S. is the perfect experiment in the sense of we're a melting pot. You know, I don't think there's too many other countries in the world that is as diverse as the U.S. This is true. Yeah. You it's... know, so you're dealing with like people from different backgrounds, different religions, different beliefs. And so what that does is it waters down the culture. And like the culture is what protects the individual from all the devices in the world. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, if you look at all the things that we've been dealing with and we've been finding out about our past, our present, and what our future is looking like, you mm -hmm. know, with our fallen heroes, it, it, it it's definitely a result of the the sex culture that we have here in, in America. And I'm, I'm definitely not going against anybody's sex like you have your sex you, you yeah, know like do who you want to do it with in your time yeah yeah, yeah I, I, i'm definitely a liberal but at the same time like as a black man and as you know someone who wants to be a father one day we, you know it, it, you definitely want to be mindful of the situations you're putting yourself in and the situations that you're putting women in you know you you want to be a little bit more responsible when it comes to those things, because it has a ripple effect, and and you know, you know, I'm, again, I ain't touching y'all sex. Don't have your right. your fans on my my Instagram. See, <laughs> see, you you got me going down another path about right. uh, like a bigger problem that's part right. of the that sex culture, which is you know the the music and right. the the problem that I see is well, one of the problems I see is that most of the guys making the popular music for the kids are still kids. They don't have any life experience and all they really know is drugs and sex because they haven't even seen the world. And that's all they right. rap about is drugs and sex because that's all right. they've had since, you know, they were 16 or whatever when they started experiment with things. And it's like a, like a feedback loop. And nobody's actually growing or learning anything or how to handle situations and, you know, yeah. picking up games. Some of the stuff that when we was coming up listening to music, like everybody was older and was telling us, you know, how to go about dealing with this type of woman Correct. in this type of situation. Like we were getting this through music, right? you know. Through images and videos, like that's no longer here. It's all a big ass party. Yeah, and and, and and I'm a victim of it too. You know, I find I find it hard for me to really be able to be vulnerable in a relationship. Mm, you know? That's interesting. And um, and and, and you you know because this isn't. I, Go ahead, bring your soul. We're in a um we're in a perfect medium like us uh late 80s babies early 90s babies because we literally grew up at the beginning 
And I would say we're in the middle of the information age and technology boom. Right. Right. So even with us, you know, we were really subscribing to the hip hop culture. And it's like, I have a love hate relationship with hip hop or whatever, because on one hand, man, it's a good time. But on another hand, it's constantly telling me that it's okay to disrespect black women, mm. you know, and, and, and no matter how you, no matter how you swing that, that's become a, an issue for me because I see it, you know, when you have so many men making children with women and not really taking care of that responsibility are like just some of the things that the situations that we put our women in and some of the, and really it, it affects the women too, with the way, you know, they react to it and what we feel is okay. Um, but to me a certain, and I hate to say this because I love it, but it's like, how good is it for our culture and the health, you know, the overall health of our people and the health of our kids, Right. you know, what, what are we really selling them on? And no one can, can, you know, sometimes sex is all that we can do well. You know, I've had a lot of relationships. <laughs> where, no, I, I'm serious. I've had a lot of some of the best sexual partners I've had. We couldn't go out for coffee without mm. it being, you know, without us not being able to get along. And no one wants to be vulnerable. Everyone wants to be more. Everyone wants to be superhuman and perfect all the time. And it's it, it really trickles down from you know, the social media, the sex culture, and not really understanding what it means to, you know, be with the woman or what it means to be with the man and what it means to have a relationship. Like, what does that look like? You know, uh, I heard a clip of Sway Lee telling his girl that, well, Gucci was, you know, fucking mad business. His girl hold him down. But that doesn't mean what Gucci was doing was okay. Right. You know, so what you're saying, and in his mind, I don't blame him because it's in most of our minds. Like, well, shit, this is what it is. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have my fun right now. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be back. I love you. But it's just, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is that it, a lot of the things that we're seeing now, back to Cardi B, is it's really a symptom of the the sex culture in America. Yeah, so it's like we can't blame Cardi B. Like, you know, we can reprimand her for what she did. Like, you know, she could say she's sorry, but you know, I guess from somebody who who understands when you're when you when you live that street life, you do things that are not really, you know, from a bad place. You're doing right. things in order to survive. So it's, it's like it's it's, it's like be that. you know it's it's a it's a very great area topic you know but everybody talks about the things that they've done from selling crack in their own neighborhood putting poison out like they know what their sins are and the fact that she can live with it tells you that she's at peace with it so it's like if she you know can i guess like she doesn't I, need to, go she ahead doesn't need to apologize she needs to say that she's grown Right, that's it. You say I'm like I do better now. Yeah, it's it's um it, it's it's two different situation and it's all bad. Like we can dissect. I can't even talk about that Kelly situation. Yeah, like that that doesn't even 
even hold a candle to anything R. Kelly did. Like, don't even pretend that there's an equality because the, you that was that's coming from guys who just like hate women because oh it's a lot of men <laughs> that, that resent women i see that i see it on the internet a lot like i'm not sure how real it is but it's real you know, bro i i feel it so men let, let me say this anyone that hears this podcast men um the u.s is all about supply and demand so if she's on instagram posting her pictures and she's getting her likes and she's getting her um, her comments. It's because it's supply and demand. People want to see that. So she doesn't have to be a rocket scientist. She doesn't have to go to college and work hard and be a business um, major. Anything like that. She doesn't have to do those things if that's not what she wants to do. If she sees an opportunity to make some money off of hanging out and posting cute pictures and feeling sexy, then by all means, let her do her thing. It's not on you to get on there and resent her because – we know what's up, like that. You ain't the nigga that's gonna be, or I'm sorry, you're not the gentleman that's gonna be getting the time of day with her. But just you know, it's supply and demand. That's all it is. And again, we just got finished talking about sex culture. So y'all stay out them girls' comments, telling them what they can and can't do and can and can't wear. Right, man. It's 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 really heavy, and I see it on Twitter from time to time. Just you know, from some of my favorite. ESPN personalities like Mina Kimes or mm-hmm. um, uh, Sarah Spain, they'll often post like a retweet and like a comment on something where you can definitely see that for some reason this man just really hates women that just do things. Like what? Yeah. Like I, I don't understand it me personally because I love women. Uh, and if you call yourself you love women and you think of them as more than just a sex object you would probably enjoy what women do more often uh, right and, and, and i'm here to tell you fellas women especially black women they're moving on to get their mbas and their phds so you, if you want to get by by just thinking you're a man and you're privileged like it's going to be a lot of men with women that make more than them that shit is coming around the corner soon so, if anything, fellas, I would be focusing on my my grind. I'd be focused on trying to make a life for for my kids, trying to have some foundation, putting some substance in it. But this whole male female dynamic has changed, you know. It, and I think I think it's room for two people to have equal respect and equal footing in a relationship. If you're really feeling like a woman belongs under you, then I mean it's just not feasible. Right. You're you're gonna you're gonna be in a different type of world. You're gonna have a certain type of woman and you won't be as happy as you probably think you'll be. That that yeah, you it's and, just... and that's, that's another thing I see, um not everybody. Uh I, I've seen like some men in Atlanta, like they're um like the view of women in Atlanta is still a little different. Um, but I, I mean, I know the problem in Atlanta. You know, niggas could care less because it's it's a four to one ratio, and then right. on top of that, they have the niggas is gay. So, right, <laughs> it's really like five to one. One, which I forget is DC is like one of the blackest areas in the U.S. as well. Chocolate City. Um, but it's a completely different uh pace. And yes. What I would say is 
fellas is different women. Like no two women in two areas are the same. So, you know, your opinions of women may be based on the type of women that you're dealing with. But I'm here to tell you, it's some some bad women out here um, and they got their shit together. Right. And real quick, just, just to clarify, I'm not saying that it's bad that half niggas in Atlanta is gay. I'm just stating it as a fact <laughs> of the thing that if you come to Atlanta, you, you can, there are more women to choose from for a single man because yeah, yeah, the yeah, gay yeah, population yeah. is so high. So just, just to clarify, not a negative thing. Let's, but let's move on. Yeah, the best thing I did was get out of that one. Yeah, it's it's a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to talk about the uh, the college admission standard? Are you up on that? Because I know you you right there in DC, so I'm I'm sure that. Uh, yeah, probably shook a um, few leaves. Yeah, area. well, you know, I was actually talking to one of the CEOs side of my uh, company. Okay. And, uh, and he was like, "Well, shit, that's how I got into college." Um, <laughs> but it was a little different. Um, you know, obviously, his dad knows. You know, powerful people with connections. So I mean, you know, it's kind of like me saying, "Hey, you know." Let me send a donation or um, I'm trying to get him in. What contacts do you have that I can get with? That's the, that's one thing. But like, so cheating, they, like they network into it. Type yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can I can respect that a little bit more. Right. I don't know. I don't know how I would have turned out if like my mom was like 100 percent OK with me, like cheating on tests and stuff like that. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? And um. Those kids, uh, mo- you know, some of those kids didn't even want to go to college. That's what I heard. So you just got to think about. Well, that's what I read, I should say. Right. You just got to think about the kids that are trying to get into these schools and they really deserve it and they get looked over um, because of money. But I mean, yeah, I, had man, a professor, it's... I had a professor in undergrad and he always used to say, follow the money. Yeah, that's that's usually always the, the the route to go. And I there's a few takeaways that I'm coming away with. Uh, for one, why the brother had to be one of the main snitches. Uh, I was I was a little bit upset at that. The uh, the Yale women's soccer coach, right? Uh, basically got caught on tape soliciting four hundred grand. To the FBI. Like, come on, bro. Like, you ain't do your research on this person before they walked in. You just let them walk in. It was like. Well, I think what happened was, I'm I'm not too familiar with the gentleman from Yale, but what I think that happened was the fixer, um, the guy that had all the connections, when he got busted, he went in with a wire. And, like, he was calling, like, you know, he was talking Mm. to yeah, so they so they knew him already, and they were doing business with him already, and he had a wire on. So like the initial guy that got caught, he flipped, and he ended up taking like all those other people down. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the same situation with the gentleman from Yale, 
But I do know, like, once they caught the original guy, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Um, I got he you. Went, he yeah. turns. <laughs> the dude. Uh, oh, we got to talk about um, snitching uh, and how snitching has changed from. Oh, I just saw him. I saw him mug that old lady. If I see any of you niggas mug an old lady or do anything, I'm telling. Right. Um, <laughs> this is when we do something together, and I dime you out. That's when snitching. I, that's that's risk. That's snitching right there. You know, like me being a witness to some shit, bro. Truth be told, I don't want to have nothing to do with y'all crime anyway. Right. So, you know, but. We just got to get it straight. Like, snitching isn't when you tell what happened when, when you're innocent. Like, snitching is when you're in the street, like, when you embrace it and you get caught and you start giving other people up. And that's what your boy in this college case did. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and in this case, this would actually be snitching. Uh, Rudy Meredith did, was the uh, Yale women's soccer coach. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm on. ABC News right now, right. reading it, and it said he began cooperating with the FBI last year after investigators set up a sting in a Boston hotel room and caught him soliciting a $450,000 bribe from a father. He helped investigators unravel the wider bribery scheme by leading them to the admissions consultant who later agreed to work with the investigators and recorded his conversations with parents. So he was the one that got to the, the administrators. Yeah. Like he was the, the ticket in. Yeah. he Yeah. That's snitching. That is snitching that's, right there. Yeah. That's snitching. Anytime you in on something and you start bringing other people in to get your time cut. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what snitching is. Yeah. They made him get back all the money too. And I'm like, Oh, you, you, you effed up, bro. <laughs> I hope you already, already got that house. It's all bad, man. It's all bad. Uh, but I, you, the main, the other main thing that I took away from this was just the fact that you know you, you had parents out here photoshopping your kids into these, you know, club sports that all the football and basketball is paying for. And y'all up here paying to get them in. And somebody could have actually got a real scholarship. You know, like somebody could have actually done something, but we wouldn't have got looked at it that. Let me, let me stop. There was no way that anybody outside of somebody who makes money would have gotten a scholarship there. So there could have been somebody from the lower end of that spectrum who probably could have used it to get to a Yale or a Princeton or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's crazy. Like it's so many different levels of the wrongfulness that this implicates. That like I'm a little dumbfounded, and it's just like I'm I'm a little like disgusted, you know, at at some of the acts. And I'm just like, you know, whatever y'all get, it's like y'all get that because y'all y'all was dirty. Like I knew it was a dirty game already, but this is this is a new low. You know, I'm, I'm, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. In, in, anything else you want to add to this? From a standpoint of um, generational wealth, you know, you want to see the kids earn more than the parents, and you know, things like this come into play when we're talking about education. 
and having access to the education. Um, you know, it, it, it comes into play with that because ideally in America, I should be able to come from a poor family and really embrace my education and grow and, and be able to, you know, have access into these institutions. Um, but when you see things like this happening, it's just, you know, and, and maybe it needs to happen to be exposed to um, kind of really tighten, you know, those things up. But yeah, I mean, I, I, good work, FBI. I'm a, I'm a fan of the FBI. I'm a fan. You must the new FBI, not the not the old one. Well, I have a good friend that works for the I'm about FBI. to say that's why I say it must be the new one because the old FBI has some questionable ways. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, another conversation for us, <laughs> like, like let's clarify that because somebody not as bad as the CIA. This is true. This is the CIA is so much worse, but. Yeah, they they've so. all got some some skeletons that we, you know, we James, we gonna need to talk some more. But this was good work for for the FBI. This was good work. Right, like they it. they finally did the job that they were supposed to do, which is crack down on stuff that is like it impeding the progress in America. Basically, like yeah. you you are doing stuff that is so large. That it is stopping things in multiple states. Like we, that you need the FBI for stuff like this. Shout out to them on this one. I don't yeah, do that too often, but shout out to the feds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, I want to shout you out because you were talking about years ago about like justice reform and like police reform, and I think going into this election, we got to make more noise on that because I think. I think at minimum, we can get to a point to where like we're studying what's going on in the courts across the U.S. and really starting to like pay attention to like the data yeah. that comes into play to start really finding out what works and what laws really work and what, you know, sentencing work. Um, I, I think we're at a point in, in, in our history to where we have the technology to do that. And I think that our law enforcement can be a lot better when we start like to apply those things. So I really want to shout you out because you were able to take Black Lives Matter and turn it into we want police reform. Like this is what we stand for. We stand, you know, we want justice reform. We want police reform. And uh, you know, that really like I appreciate that. That really made me think. You know, over the years, it's like you know what he's right. So, yeah, that man, is that, something that we, we need to get louder about. But, um, yeah. I, I got, I'm about to say, I had a, when I was doing a, a, a little bit more politically charged content, I, and you know, the funny thing is, I actually like lost some followers. Like, I didn't notice, but then, like, I tried to go back and I like reach out to some people I knew, and they weren't following me anymore. And then, I, matter of fact, I just was blocked. I was like, oh. People get really passionate like, about okay. politics. So I was like, man, that's that's crazy that you know, like I I like bro, I had you on my podcast. Like you feel you really feel like that? You know, if I put out a little truth, you could you could have asked me about it. You know, but instead yeah. you you cho- you chose to run from that conversation. But I'm that's that is in the whole entire of the podcast. Uh, yeah, that I would 
love to sit down and and pick and choose some spots. We probably get talking and do something on that, and probably bring in a couple guests. Um, yeah, because I like to get people who are really educated on the issues and kind of like pick their brain so I can become a little bit more educated. Because right. I'm, you know, I kind of uh, poke my head around in the to politics and some of the things that are going on, but I'm not as well versed as I probably would like to be just, you well, know. Start listening to, um, not to promote anything, but start listening to. No, go more. ahead, man. Shout, I mean, if it's another podcast, I show love to every podcast. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm, I actually should, I'm subscribing to um, the uh, Washington Business Journal, which is more so business, but, um, you know, you catch like the hot stories that's going on around the world. I would also recommend listening to, uh, I like the daily, the New York Times daily podcast. It's like 22 minutes every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, it, 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 what it does is just, it just opens your mind to hear about different things. And I think as a, um, as a people, as Americans, and even more when you go into the subcategories as black Americans, you know, it's important for us to be abreast as to what's going on and to really, um, and, and, and really just take that time as a citizen and as a black person, like starting to understand more of the world. Because what I'm finding is, is like we're capable of making change and we're capable of doing way more than what we think we can. But we have to allow ourselves to access more of the world. The, yeah, you know, there's definitely that, something to that. The 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 franchising of black America will not happen on its own like you actually have to put a little bit of effort into it so yeah we got to get off netflix y'all we got to get off the ground we gotta um take some time out of what we like finding balance in those things there's nothing wrong with netflix there's nothing wrong with social media but just finding balance and understanding that the best thing that we can do in this world is educate i think educate ourselves with substance true it's it's you know. it's so true. Um, I don't, you know what? I'm we're gonna end it right there. Yeah, I'm not even gonna get into it any further. Jazz, I appreciate you coming out and kicking it with me over some of these topics. I've been, of, of course, of course. I'm gonna have to take a little bit of time to edit this thing down just a little bit. So I don't know what might, what not make it. You know. I don't know. I'm yeah, just yeah. As is, but it don't really too much matter, man. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, anything else you want to shout out before we get up out of here, man? Um, that that's about it. Again, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Jazz eighty five fifteen on Instagram. It's Jazz Roman numeral fourteen. Whoever is Jazz underscore out there, please give me the hashtag. You don't even use it. Uh, but for now, it's definitely Jazz Roman Roman numeral fourteen. Yeah, uh, hey man, you don't even use it, man. Just give it up. Yeah, You're squatting. But yeah, it was good talk, talking to you, man. Hopefully, I can come on again sometime soon. All right, man. I appreciate it. <laughs>